0: This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go. This is the space age, and we are here to go. Three, two, one, zero. zero, zero, zero. Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy, I'm Travis Lee. Joining me is my co-host, Trisha Peterson. Trisha, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm good. I'm good, man. (laughs) I'm good. Solid. (laughs) I'm I'm not feeling crappy like I was last week, so there's that.
0: I was so focused on coming up with a respectable intro that I just sounded really ridiculous. How are you doing this evening, Trisha? How are are you doing?
1: But you're pretty ridiculous as a, a person, so...
0: And it continues. My my streak of bad introductions continues. So let's let's have a good one in and introduce our guest, who's an awesome individual and doesn't deserve the crap that we fucking normally put out. Uh, who do we have on tonight? Uh,
1: today, Penta, we have, today we have today we have Nino Ninas from the the Milwaukee metal band Bray Road. Hell Hi.
2: Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome you to the right? show, Nino. Yeah. What's cracking? How's it going, Travis? How's it going, Trisha? It's
1: going. It's going. We're here on uh, <laughs> hanging out, hang, doing what we do, hanging out on Fridays and Saturdays because we're we're stuck in our houses, kind of still, right? That's the thing. That's what we're doing. So, COVID. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully, you know, we're gonna get past that sooner than later, or we get vaccinated, or whatever. Whatever happens, and we can start playing shows. Again Someone because- drops the nuke. Yeah. You never know, so, dude. You never know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Actually I right before COVID we were having that little spat with Iran and I thought like I thought that was gonna be the thing and then the COVID kinda like <laughs> caught me off guard where I was like, Oh, I thought we were going to World War Three, but no. We're going Maybe that's what a it was play. supposed to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? that, that was <laughs> yeah.
1: Was, like let's just unleash this play or like that you know, so like we don't have a war you know the, fuck everybody the,
0: the people in power have multiple irons in the fire you know what i mean it they, they, they got <laughs> to have a, a backup plan yeah it's they got to have a backup plan switch. so you know they they threaten us with war and then we get pandemic you know and then out of pandemic we get political and social unrest and then it's back to pandemic so we always have to stay on our toes man
1: and then they're like oh well yeah maybe we should have did the war thing this would have not like, can, we didn't expect this.
2: <laughs> can we at least go back to where we were all hoarding toilet paper? <laughs> yeah, no, right. Dude, I am still hoarding toilet, toilet paper.
1: I started. I started. Because I was like, you know, it's been almost a year. And I'm like, I actually just had a delivery from Amazon. And I had a bunch of paper towel and a bunch of fucking toilet paper delivered to my house.
2: Now, just, now they want it. you to wear two masks. So they want one on your face. You just shove them in your ears, you know, up your dude, ass, whatever. Dude, I <laughs> can't do the two masks thing. Come on, man. I can't man. do a two mask. I, I, I can't I, do that. I'm all on board.
0: I do, on the, board. One. I'm I do all the one. On, I'm all on board for the one. I got yeah. I, You got me on the one. You well, go to yeah, you two, do. and I'm like, you know what? I would rather not leave the house. If, if you recommend that two masks is what I got to do to leave my fucking house... I'm cool.
1: <laughs> I'm
2: cool, <You> man.
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah.
2: I, I tell people, why don't you wear two and stand 12 feet away if you're
3: so worried? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or can you, yeah, or, you know, that is that is a good point. Like, so if it's it's one mask and six feet, is it, <laughs> is it could it be one mask and 12 feet? Can you just, like, instead of doubling the mask, can you just double the distance?
2: <laughs> or does it, oh, or wait, does it get split in half? Is it two masks equals three feet now? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and if I if I put over? like a if I put like a gimp mask Contest. on,
0: can I like hold you? You know, like where where do we get to the point where we can actually interact? Do I have to put like a fishbowl helmet on or something? Well, the
2: people in those. Racine at yeah. the Speedway don't seem to think that the mask or the virus seems to move sideways because we're six feet behind each other but two uh, feet away from
0: each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, at
1: the counter, right? Yeah. The virus the
0: virus can't flank. It, it's,
2: it's kind not, of like it's yeah. kind of like a pawn in yeah. chess. It only
1: moves forward. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and we're not you know we're not like making light of this. Like we all like like Travis and I like you know obviously we know it exists. I know people that died from it. I have friends that work in healthcare. It's I funny. have a friend that's like uh the head of a COVID unit down in Illinois, and it's yeah. not it's not fucking cool, dude. So it's like you know, but but the way it's just just been played out it's yeah. just kind of like you know it's been a comedy crazy. of
0: errors it's been a comedy of errors and if we can't actually fucking laugh at it and be fucking critical about it you know like and and we just can't run around and live in fear of it you know i think we got to be cautious and protect ourselves do whatever you need to do to get through fucking life but fucking we also all have our limits man two masks i'm just like that's we got that's. everybody's
1: got a line, that's <laughs> the line. That's, yeah. that's, here's that's, my that's, thing
2: yeah If they were to stand us all in a line and cast judgment, at least I could say, well, if it was real or it was fake, even though I was apprehensive at first to put anything on my face like that. At least recently, I have done my part to at least play the game and say that I tried because there are people in my family who are immunocompromised. And it's just so at least I can figure that it didn't. I don't know. I did my.
0: Yeah. uh,
1: I mean, I
2: exactly The problem is say, it's becoming so political that's the big issue
0: exactly yeah i always it's, say it's like, that i live with and I,
1: I i live with and i care for my 80 year old mother so it's like if i'm like you know whatever with myself but yeah. i'm like i get that shit i'm not in a huge house like right. she's gonna get she, yeah. she's you know like i'm gonna fuck her ass i'm like i don't want to kill my mom dude right like that's where i'm at i'm like i live yeah. here i and it doesn't just...
0: It doesn't hurt me that bad to take a few precautions through life. Does it suck? Is it hard to breathe? Yeah. Is it not so bad when it's zero degrees outside in fucking Milwaukee, though? Not so bad to have a mascot anymore, is it, dude? Yeah. It know, I of, it, doesn't it feel
1: I like people sl- are more apt right mm-hmm. now? Yeah, I do. I remember <laughs> on
2: this sol- I remember on the south side when you walked in a gas station with a mask on, they were they were
0: worried. Now it's just like, straight hey.
1: Up. Straight <laughs> up, straight up, they right? Were, like, they're wearing masks too. Like so whatever, right? When
0: this when the shit first started and I was just in like the bandana wearing stage and like walking into the bank for the first time wearing a bandana, I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> <I'm>
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> like I feel so I feel so wrong. Like I feel like I should have a weapon. <laughs> <I know.
2: laughs> Listen up. Put the money in the account. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like, let's, let's, so now it's COVID times. And, like, obviously, like, so have you played any shows throughout this? Or um, have you just been, like, writing new stuff and, like, recording new stuff? Or what have you been doing as a band?
2: Well, we have not played any shows since the COVID nuke dropped. We actually right. had two, two really good shows booked one uh they were both with the propane. Oh. One was at the Route 20 outhouse and one was at the forge in Illinois. So we were crossing our fingers, but it got it got xed at the last minute. Right. Um as a band, we kind of we kind of suffered a lot of the psychological, you know, what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. And the jobs, yeah. everybody's worried about their jobs and stuff. Right. But we uh we still pushed forward and we just started well, actually, our, my drummer and I, Pete Cassane, decided to invest in a bunch of studio equipment and start our own thing so we can be completely independent when it comes to recording ourselves and not have to spend hours in anybody else's studio since we both right. knew what we were doing. yeah, Right. Or at least we thought we do, but I guess that's a so, matter of opinion, but I think we do all right. But
1: I think you do um, a great job. I mean, I heard some of the stuff that you... um. That you recorded or whatever and what do you what do you call your studio
2: cavern entertainment
1: nice nice so you know if you're listening you is cavern is
0: cavern entertainment like a cave yeah, yeah. okay pretty much cave okay. where the beast lies absolutely cool. <laughs> Absolutely cool man so
1: who are uh who's currently in the band because i know you had some uh some changeover
2: yeah um for for quite a while that we had a. Uh, uh, Pete Casan was our drummer. Rob Pearson was the guitar player. Mike Eschenbrenner was the bassist, and, and of course me. But you know, M- Mike was getting up there. He was sixty-five, I believe, now. So yeah, yeah. He's kind of getting to I the point that. to where the the recording was becoming a little difficult for him, even yeah. though he's right. a stellar bass player, bassist. I'm sorry. And uh, it just got to the point where he. We were waiting for him to decide when it's his time to step down, and he did. So right. Dave Miranda stepped in. Uh, he was in Sam Yaza, Rick Disgrin. Yeah, grips. I'm
1: I'm familiar with him. I always say, like, I feel like he's, like, the tallest bass player in the city, and I'm the shortest one.
2: Yeah, I, I, <laughs> the, first time, the first time he came down there, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I, I mean, I've known Dave for quite a while. He's, he was actually, like, at the first Bray Road show, believe it or not. Oh, and, excellent. uh, yeah, he stepped in How tall is and learned stuff. I don't, I, I don't want to shoot a number out there and insult Actually, him. Actually, I, I believe he's, be he's about like 6'5". Six,
1: six,
2: yeah, he's, oh, he's got to be up. 6'5", uh, you know.
1: maybe 6'6". Six, six. He's, he's, okay. he's up there. Okay. He's up there. So, okay. I mean, yeah, he's not, I don't think he's like 6'8 or anything, but he is a, he has a very strong presence on stage. I used to see him with Samyaza as, as well. Um, cause I'm friends with, uh, dustin who was the singer of samiaza and dustin was on our show actually um but uh yeah so i like i just remember like looking at him going oh my god how tall is that guy but he's just,
2: he's just his sound kind of matches too <laughs> yeah i mean he's just
1: he's just got a really strong presence overall well, which is you know he's which such, is a good he's thing such a in nice metal guy bands. though yeah, that's a nice guy. <laughs> that's, that's usually that's usually how it goes. It's the little ones you got to watch out
2: for. They're mean as fuck. Yeah, those little guys, little, the shorty talent. <laughs> yeah. Um, all
1: right. So then, uh, is so do you still have Rob playing guitar then, or
2: um, you know, ever since the COVID hit, we kind of decided that Pete and I that we're gonna fill in the gaps as needed when it comes to that. We actually have. Aaron Baker's been jamming with us on our recordings. Rob's still around. I mean, we're still kind of all waiting to see what happens with COVID, but
3: all right.
2: right right now we're actually trying to seek more of a permanent member and try to give someone a chance to actually grow with us more as a band. But right. pretty much we're recovered in any aspect we need as far as recording and live. I mean, when it comes to guitar playing I'm I'm just not a shredder. I I played lead guitars in bands before. I I played lead guitar, well I can't say lead guitar, but I played leads when I was in Mortis but mm-hmm. I wasn't singing either, so it was kind oh my of God, a Yeah,
1: that band's been around forever. Yeah, I was I was part I of that. I remember them from for, yeah. for
2: about 3 years. Okay. And uh but I They're didn't wrong.
0: have to sing. So they were around when we were in like high school, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, actually, I mean,
1: like yeah, they played on the same. I I was I was in a gothic metal band, and they played the same day as us, um, and that was like in '97 or '98.
0: I was gonna say I think I saw them at like Metal Fest or something.
1: in Yeah, the '90s. They've been right? Around for a long time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah, and they're still around.
2: I mean, yeah, I uh, I, I was part of the reincarnation, not the not okay. the original run. So. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Right on. <laughs> So you just so.
1: you just released um a song this week as a matter of fact, right?
2: Yeah, yes, we did.
1: And what it's, was the name uh, of that's that dark is it dark passenger
2: that yeah we actually we released two, but I haven't really uh I haven't really put them out there because we've got two lyric videos that are almost done one's supposed to be done tomorrow and one's supposed to be done on Monday so but yeah, we released takes One to no one and Dark Passenger. And that one actually had a lot of guest appearances on it. We had Jason Hellman from Mortar Skull and Dr. Shrinker and Vio Greshen. He stepped in on the bass before Dave was hopped on board. He came in with his fretless bass and just said, here's how we're going to do it. Boom, boom, boom. Done. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I'm I'm not lying either.
3: That's pretty solid. That's pretty nice to have
2: that. that, Yeah, that guy's... uh, he he's top notch in my book. I love Jason. He's a good guy. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Um, so then the these last two then they were recorded at at Cavern Entertainment, correct?
2: Yeah, these were this was our first attempt with our all our software. Um, we had been recording on a um we recorded Formation and Feast Upon the Helpless on a twenty four track uh, Tascam recorder, mm-hmm. or it only had eight inputs on it, so we had to. We had to manage, right? But we, right. But we, we double. We well, I, I typically did all the rhythms. I quad tracked all the rhythms and quad tracked all my vocals. Mm-hmm. Pete, Pete, figured out how to make eight mics work on his ginormous drum kit. Mm-hmm. Bass was mm-hmm. uh, a, <laughs> bass was uh, through a bass driver and just the DI track pretty much. So we just did it step by step and just kept bouncing stuff on on top of each other until <laughs> it made sense. Then right. we sent it off to mix and master. <laughs> it sounds great.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it does. It does. Uh, it and also whoever uh, mixed, uh, I believe the one that I liked more was the Dark Passenger one. But yeah. the mixing that is on actually that is, is really good. Ian S-
2: Smedbron from Disgunt and the Unnecessary Gunpoint Lecture.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's um, a, that's a solid. It's like, dude, your 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 stuff right now sounds heavy as fuck. It yeah. sounds really good. It's like, you know, I you know, obviously as a bass player I'm a big fan of all the the the, the stronger low end. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, ooh yeah, like like I can like flare that on my in my car stereo and be like, Oh, it's got so much bass <laughs> <laughs> The the goal the goal
2: was to make license plates rattle Hell but yes. not distort the master. So it took mm-hmm. it took Ian some doing. It might have been my uh it might have been my greed with the bass because I always say I should have been a bassist, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, well, <laughs> because I'm serious. you like, yeah, you want, when, you like. When I, when I When I hear the bass, it needs to, like, grab me. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. I don't Yeah. I hear a lot of, like, yeah. modern metal. They just... Just turn the bass down. There's different ways to achieve a good mix and still keep bass. I guess I don't know. That's just my opinion. People might Absolutely. not share it, but whatever. I mean, I mean,
1: I, I feel that same way for like punk rock. You know, like I'm, I'm, I kind of like when there's a little more low end in punk rock, and it's not like that's not common practice. But I'm like, that's what I fucking like. So somebody that's what our, we're do. somebody
2: who listened to Formation made a comment like, "Well, there's no bass," and I'm like, "Dude, we really pushed the bass on that one." It might not seem like it because we tried to go for a more sub bass, like you know, like to, to make yeah. the license plates rattle. So it was it was one of my trying goals to make sure that the bass stood out on the top, middle, and low end of this one. So Ian did a great job of, of doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So did so uh, Hellman
2: with his recording. So.
1: So Bray Road, you guys have been around since uh, what, 2011.
2: Yeah, our first show was in 2011. I actually, I actually started the band about December 2010, maybe November. I met a I met a drummer named Tony. He was in Cyclone Temple and Snow White. They were uh pretty paramount band in Chicago in the 90s. They're actually in history books if you look them up. <laughs> it's kind oh, of weird. Oh wow! And he just kind of showed up and sat on the drum kick he said he said what you got some riffs that, you know what? what
1: that's so fucking strange that you just had a drummer show the fuck up because it's so hard to find fucking drummers dude <laughs>
3: yeah he,
2: actually he so like, fabulous, i fucking too. found
1: the i found the fucking drummer first like yeah,
2: well fuck? yeah he's he, he looked at me he's, he kind of stared me down he's big tall black dude with dreadlocks he's like got some riffs or what so I I'm serious that's what he said alright so, I guess so I said I said yeah I do I, I do I threw it out he's like alright he, I'm gonna play a bare bones beat behind that I'm like whoa dude awesome <laughs> dude that's fucking so,
1: awesome so what was uh? so obviously the band name is Bray Road and um. what so like not everybody's familiar with what that is a reference to. Do you want to tell everybody what that's a reference to?
2: Yeah, that's it's actually actually a mythical or maybe not mythical creature from Wisconsin. Right. Um,
1: there's different. From like Elkhorn, right?
2: Yeah, th- and uh, that's how I kind of heard about it. I was I was a kid working at the Burger King in Elkhorn, and they all they kept talking about was finding the beast of Bray Road, and you know. I didn't, uh, I didn't really pay any mind to it until I wanted to name a band name. I'm like, that'd be like an awesome band name. And the thing is, is the the content is like unending. You, I mean, there's just so many pictures and stories and clips you can write about the Beast of Bray Road that I thought it would be dumb not to name the band that, to be honest. I think it's so just So what, what, what
1: do people say the Beast is?
2: I don't, I've heard a lot of different things. Some people think it was like a a product of an experiment of some weird cult church that they were sewing animal pieces together and it got loose. Nice. (laughs) Fucking Frankenstein. That's one i (laughs) Yeah, a (laughs) Frankenbeast. Yeah. I think think the
1: typical one, though, is that it's like a, like the, my understanding is like it's a Mm werewolf-like creature.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like they're like, is
1: it a werewolf? Is it like a fucking experiment gone wrong? Is it, it, it's just, but Bray Road is the actual road that like these sightings occur. Correct?
2: Yeah. um, You know, a funny story is my grandma is actually in a nursing home that's Bray Road is right behind it. She could see it. She's
1: like, every time I look out the
2: window, I think of you. I'm like, oh, the la beast. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat my
1: grandma. Like, don't tell me about that. Tell me when you see the fucking thing. <laughs> but
2: here, here, here's my thing, though. Even though the band's called the Beast of Bray Road, with with all these cameras around, how come nobody's got a clear shot of this thing? Of come course. on, that's everything, though. That come on. Like- that's
0: that's the answer about all like cryptozoological yeah. like beasts and its. Just- just like, dude, if they're really out there, one of our satellites could... P- I mean, we can read license plates from space, right? Like, how could we not find Bigfoot? <laughs> how has
1: it not anymore. showed up? How has it not showed up? How do, has not any of these showed up on, like, the, the Google fucking... <laughs> car, the and it's Google always- Maps when you go to do the street view? Right. <laughs> it's, always
2: a, it's always a fuzzy picture of something that looked like it could be a deer, maybe yeah. a bear, I don't right. know, man, bear, pig, who knows? But you know,
0: <laughs> then then again, they do, you know, like still occasionally like find like tribes that have never had contact with civilization, you know, like it's true in like South America and like on certain islands and stuff. I mean, they do still, you know, there's still undiscovered country out there. So, you know, who knows, man? Well, I,
1: I, I mean, it's like it's like the um or underwater is always fascinating yeah, to me yeah. because like, you know, we can only go so far and every time we go farther, they find like like these new creatures or they find out that creatures that they thought were like uh previously extinct are like oh wait well we were wrong they just went farther down the
2: megalodon
0: yeah (laughs) absolutely
1: yeah there's a there's a couple i
0: know or the earth could be hollow too you know you never know the the hollow earth theory could be true too and we could be you know just living on the outer crust of a whole nother planet
2: I never heard Ooh. that one. <laughs> That's an interesting that one. one. <laughs> there, is,
0: there is an inner earth theory that there's a whole other civilization living inside the planet, and there's people that take it just as seriously as flat earth, even more so. You
1: know I mean, what? I kind of I like that theory better than the, the flat earth theory. I'm just out. Yeah. Um, I'm just completely out of that one. <laughs> yeah. um, if the but... earth
2: were flat, cats would have knocked stuff off of it already.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Actually, I was uh, I was actually just uh, making jokes like J P Young from Curbsitter. Um, like I follow him on Instagram, and he's also a cook, and he was like talking about like this Marmite dish. Anyways, I was like. I was like, but is that even real? Because according to Flat Earthers, like, Australia doesn't exist. So does this Marmite really exist? And, like, and then I found out, though, that J.P.'s dad is from Australia. So he just had, like, an existential crisis. He's like, I was like, you know that according to Flat Earthers, like, Australia, he's like, does that mean my dad doesn't exist? Does that mean I don't exist? (laughs) Does that that mean that everything that I've been doing for the last 40 years is, like, like some sort of uh, um, weird, you know, like like yeah. time loop phenomenon like whatever. I am like I don't think it's possible. I mean his dad like the, like <laughs> in order for the flat earth theory do you know this? In order for the flat earth theory to work is that Australia can't exist. Yeah. And it's I it's actually that or... but that's part of the flat earther thing that like when people go on trips to Australia they're not really going to Australia.
0: You could you could say you could take two conspiracy theories and mash them up together. So take flat Earth and the simulation theory and mash them together. And maybe actually, like Australia is like the center of control, where like right? you know, where, where they're actually broadcasting the Matrix from. So like they came up with Flat Earth to keep us away from there. They came up with Flat Earth theory to keep us away from Australia. Bait and switch. Yeah, exactly. Bait and switch. There's nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. This isn't. This isn't a real place. That sounds like uh, someone who has something to see would say. Like
3: yeah. Right. <laughs> Exactly. how about
2: this speaking speaking of trips yeah. i mean check this out what what if we're imagine a stick figure and underneath that same stick figure is an upside down stick figure mm-hmm. and that's like the uh, the complete negative of you walking in a different
0: <laughs>
1: oh that's weird hey, hey,
0: i do believe in infinite universe theory so so like- do i you know, like it's. I mean, it just makes sense that there's other, you know, sides to reality out there. There's other dimensions to reality where the same the, thing is already existed and is existing simultaneously and is existing in the future infinitely. The, the machine
2: elves have showed me the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh exactly.
3: man.
2: Oh
1: man, that's too much. <laughs> if you know, my personally, I'm like, if I I can't believe in it. If I if I can't see it or touch it, like kind of thing. Mm. Well, I mean, granted, then maybe it is a flat Earth. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I can't do that. I,
2: um, I've, uh, I don't know. I've, I've heard so many things. I don't even know what to believe anymore. To be honest, <laughs> I can't.
1: I cannot. I cannot get on board with the with Australia not existing yeah. <laughs> or it being like a simulation or yeah. like not a real place. That like, one's a little can't... far out.
0: But you that know one... what? If you want to talk about like the moon landing, we can talk about the moon landing. You Wasn't it in a Hollywood basement? No. Stanley <laughs> <know>. Kubrick, <laughs> I don't know. possibly, dude. Possibly, we could talk about that one. That one's not like so far fetched. I don't know. I'm not familiar
2: with the the moon landing conspiracy. Well, the part, it, the part
0: about it, the part about it, actually, is the the theory is that uh, we had Stanley Kubrick uh, film the moon landing. <laughs> because we were so afraid of Russia getting there first that we just filmed it even though we are you know we totally had the space program going and everything but we just didn't think we were going to get there soon enough before they did so we just filmed it on a backlot under secrecy in Hollywood <laughs> Stanley Kubrick fucking filmed it because you know it was the he just or it was just before he came out with 2001 right or no 2001 came out first Cause that was 68. Right. And then moon landing was 69. And we're like, how did he come up with like such beautiful images of like space before like anybody had even like been on the moon, you know, and like things like that. So like they said that he did it and we just filmed it, even though we did actually end up going there, but we filmed it first and we released that to the public just so like Russia was like, fuck, they already made it, you know, like, Uh. you know, (laughs) we we can dial it back now, you know, (laughs)
2: <laughs> people don't do stuff like that Travis, no. <laughs> on, it's like no. it's like the the great space race to to fucking write in a in in space and america's like it's got to be in an ink format you know they're gonna spend millions of dollars and then Russia just used a pencil you know yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
1: so so do you think so have you ever seen the beast of bray road or are you just like you just find it you just find it fascinating like have you had an encounter
2: I can't say that I've had an encounter, All but right. I'm one of those people to where I think anything's possible. I guess. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe it's some like mental patient out wearing a gorilla suit or something. Who knows? <laughs> scary Well, people.
1: how long how long has this how long is this uh thing or theory existed? Do you I think know? since
2: like the 70s almost.
1: Right. I think it's got to be pretty old at this point, then, right?
2: I'm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna google that yeah
1: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say prairie road peace like we're out we're just we're gonna we're it's a it's a figure. pretty it's it,
0: i would say it's probably the second most famous wisconsin cryptozoological thing i would say the Hodag is oh. probably a little more
2: 1936 i saw
0: 1936. yeah, it's, yeah. Wow. so
1: it, it said it was a uh, reported yeah 1936 and then on the in the 1990s so yeah. I mean, that's like a sixty-year difference. It was reported in a, on a rural road outside Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Yeah, the same label has been applied to other sightings from southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois.
0: Wait, Trisha, was it Trisha? Isn't isn't there a supernatural episode about the Beast of Bray Road?
1: I don't believe the Beast of Bray Road is on there. No. Okay, yeah. I must I be. Think nice. that, I don't think that one made it. Oh, that's the one. That's the one that didn't. (laughs) Even though on Supernatural, they're in Wisconsin for an insane amount of time, so you would think. Frequently,
0: yeah.
3: You would
1: think that this would have come up, but not that. Not that I recall. So. Right. Yeah, uh, so. It's uh, yeah, like uh, the rash of claimed sightings in the late '80s and early '90s prompted a local newspaper, the Walworth County Week to assign reporter Linda Godfrey to cover the story. Godfrey was initially skeptical but later became convinced of the sincerity of the witnesses. His I actually series- got to talk
2: to her one time. It was so weird. Yeah? I was on a I was on a another podcast with some guy a guy named Dr. Destruction and she was on it and she everything I said she just kind of kept talking and didn't acknowledge it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so they,
1: okay so oh so they say that it's an unusually large it's like 2 to 4 feet tall on all fours and 7 feet tall standing up. It's an intelligent werewolf-like creature able to walk on its hind legs and weighs between 400 and 700 pounds. It's also said that its fur is a brown gray color resembling a dog bear. Okay, that's it. When when covid is over, we're going to Bray Road. That's all it. Right. I got We're pictures go? of
2: my daughter and myself on Bray Road. It's, cr- it's crazy. <laughs>
0: dude. Dude, Trisha, Trisha, here it is on the Supernatural wiki. Uh the beast of Bray Road was a black dog that was hunted by John Winchester.
1: Oh, well, okay, so maybe there was like a a back.
0: Oh, it's you know where? It's it's in the comic book. It's in the comic mm-hmm. book Supernatural. It's not actually I, I bet you. I bet you the the comic book was a prequel about right. about John Winchester's hunting days. And, right. Uh, anyway, uh, we're yeah, talking absolutely. a whole lot about the Be- Beast of Bray Road, but
1: well, I mean, his band's called Bray Road. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty on. fucking like kick anything. ass.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Talk about anything you want, man. I'm just, yeah, so, no, just riding I'm just riding away no, yeah. this, is, this is awesome, man. Fucking, I tell you what, let's take a break. We're coming up to the end of the uh first half hour, so let's take a break and we'll be right back with Nino.
1: You're listening to Radio Free Galaxy, brought to you by Granny Fanny Shark Clumpers, cause you never know.
0: And we're back with Nino Ninez. is that's cool, right? I know you said Ninez. Yeah, it's all good. All
2: right. You could just you just call me Nino, bro. Nino,
0: <laughs> we're back with Nino from the. Well, I was gonna say the Beast of Bray Road because that's still on my mind, but from Bray Road, and uh, we were just talking during the break, so we just want to get into it. You know, we'll get into your music a lot more of that, but we were just debating. It's one of the oldest topics in heavy metal fandom but we were going hard talking about metallica or megadeth okay and my point that i was about to make is that nobody nobody in the history of rock and roll metal punk rock whatever you want to fucking and any genre has put together five albums in a row like Metallica's first five albums. Megadeth is wonderful. You no, know, Megadeth love did though. Megadeth. So. Megadeth put
1: no, their first five no, albums no. kicked the shit out of fucking Metallica's no at head to no head. No
0: way, dude. No. So fucking far
2: so, way. Good, so
1: what? Not so much.
0: Maybe to you, Trisha. Oh my
1: God, that's such a good album. I love that album.
2: Trisha. Set the world on fire is about and uh <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I you that's know what, I will say head to head, So far so good, so my what? And you would you would have to uh um compare so far so good so what to ride the lightning because that would be the this this the release you know comparative right um time frame um and i am gonna say though like ride the lightning is my fucking favorite metallica album but you know what the thing about that is fucking dave mustaine wrote half of those songs (laughs)
0: okay okay that's true okay that's 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 fine that's fine but But he didn't play on them You can talk about your personal preference, Trisha. You can totally say that I like Megadeth, their first five albums or whatever, better than Metallica's. But you can't talk about it in terms of being iconic. Those first five Metallica albums are like the basis for fucking early thrash, heavy metal, fucking everything. Dude, those are so iconic. They do not compare. Megadeth does not compare in terms of just being a fucking... Just icon across the board that metallica is there's just...
1: I, well i'm going to say i will i'll agree with that i agree with that yeah. i'm not saying um, that doesn't mean that i think it's better right that means that i think that it was it was more influential yeah than maybe Megadeth. yeah right what do you yeah. think you know
2: well as far as the influential yes because nobody was paying it well people were paying attention to dave, and them, dave from uh, megadeth but uh... Metallica kind of had the spotlight then. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that happens with a lot of bands in music too, where they're just as good as the band that's getting hyped up and gassed yeah. up, but yeah. they're, just, they're, they're just the underdogs, you know? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I, think,
0: I think that mentality suits Megadeth better of being the underdog. You know what I mean? That's how I've always look at, looked at them as the underdog, like, of, of heavy metal, you know, and where, like, Metallica was just always on top, and they were like the little brother syndrome. And that right. doesn't make them any worse or anything. I just think Metallica's so iconic. Nobody was paying attention to heavy metal on a popular level at all, and and I feel like they single handedly brought it to like the mass market. And you know, like you can say, oh, they sold out. You know, after and isn't that the, the point black...
2: of being in a band is to sell out? I don't know. Yeah. You know I, mean, I wish <laughs> I, I, like, I, wish I, I made that out there. But
1: I wish but, I had Lars' money, shit. But when we yeah. when we say like. Man, he fucking sucks as a drummer too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to say But he
2: inspired millions of people. I know.
1: It's unfortunate. I mean, that's because (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. I mean, you know. I like Lars. I'll be honest. Yeah, I I, do too. I I I do too, too, man. Lars was
2: a studio drummer. He was not a good live drummer.
1: Yeah. No, no. Um, you know, but, I, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, going back to, like, looking at Injustice for All and Rust in Peace, and it's really a shame that Injustice for All got more play than Rust in Peace, because Rust in Peace is a fucking masterpiece. Like, I bet there's... you, rest,
2: I'm wearing a Rust in Peace shirt right now, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Dude, that I'm album,
1: rushing. front to back, there is not one bad song, and it fucking rips, and it's just, like, the guitar playing is so fucking epic. And right. I think that's when, like, and their drummer, dude, the Megadeth drummer, kicks the shit out of fucking Lars, and it's unfortunate that. I think that's when Nick Menza was in the band, was and started in Rest in Peace, maybe. Um, but Nick Menza was like a fucking amazing drummer. Um, yeah. Comparatively, I agree. uh, like, like he made like fucking Lars look like he's playing See, fucking buckets.
2: He, he, here was my thing with Megadeth and Metallica. It, it like I was saying during the break. It's a different kind of energy where. Yeah, I don't want to say I don't want to say this incorrectly, but Metallica is kind of like the brute strength oh, in your face. Where
3: yeah.
2: Dave was more of like a almost a feminine energy, you know, like finesta mm. tracks musically. It's, yeah, Dave Mustaine has always written more complicated and like deeper yep. music, but Metallica had a certain like groove and punch to it where it compensated for yeah. the riffs. That's why. That's why. I, I guess.
1: Used. Yeah, I guess you could say it like. So the way that I perceive it is like Metallica is kind of like. I mean, they are, you know, I get what you're saying about the punchy and all that kind of thing, but I'm like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, they're like your basic bitch or some shit, you know? It's like, they're, they're uh, just like, uh, oh, fuck, uh, well, like, let's, man.
2: let's, let's but, do but, a, being, a, but being the basic bitch works for them. Man. It's exactly yeah, what I made mean, them money.
1: Dude, but yeah, I mean, it works. It was like should, a lot of should, people like that. A lot of people like that.
2: Mustaine's lyrics. Mustaine's lyrics are listen. like way more deep than than Hatfield's are. I uh, have yeah. the goat. Like the lyrics, so that's just
1: And actually um the oh way God. Dave Mustaine like those fucking guitarists that he plays and sings at the same time that and like he, have you seen Megadeth live?
2: Oh yeah.
1: And I got like a picture dude, when of Dave he,
2: Mustaine he, and
1: I <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So he's like playing like these super complicated guitar riffs and then singing something completely different over the top, which is like mind-blowing. I mean the guy it, just like that alone, like he's super talented. It's just like yeah. you know, but, no but question But but you got no but question. you got like um you but then you got like uh you know James Hetfield doing his Whoa Whoa's and Yeah yes, <laughs> yeah some basic, you know, rhythm guitar stuff. I, I just wanna say like I think like the talent level and the riff level Exceeds Metallica, but uh,
2: I've only seen a few cover bands that can actually pull off the singing Metallica and playing live, though. I will say that they all usually they have another, si- yeah. I've, I've seen if I've seen a few really? cover bands do it, and some cover bands really bop. It's if it was that easy, everybody'd be doing it, type thing, you know what I mean?
1: What about Metallica?
2: <laughs> I don't know, I've never saw them
1: mm. to be
2: honest. I, I know some of the members, but I've never saw them live. Yeah, uh, to, to oh, me, wait, what's
1: What's that band that um oh that that thrash there uh god what is that band they play all covers but they're all like they play all old school thrash songs they play like Anthrax, um, thrasher, thrasher, they do yeah. some killer Metallica and Megadeth covers, um and they but do again, it all well. The vocalist Anthrax.
2: isn't playing an instrument and singing. Oh, you're He's right. Just you're right. Singing. You're right. Yeah, there's a difference. To me, there's a di and I know trisha you, you you are a musician who can sing and play an instrument at the same time to right. me that's a whole different skill set than being just a bassist or just a singer there's a b to me right. it, it takes a certain level of mental just yeah. turn everything off and focus on everything at once to actually yeah. be able to do that right
1: right so, right i I actually always say too that like. There's also something about being, and maybe you'll agree or disagree, but there's something about being a bass player singer because everybody, like a guitar person, can just like, you know, let a fucking chord ring out or some shit. Yeah. But a bass player can't do that. Like a bass player. Get the brown notes. A bass player has to be fucking like their playing has to be super solid while they're fucking singing, and it's not like you can just like, you know, you know. Playing on stage.
2: The guitar yeah. players get a little; they get a lot more wiggle room than a, a bassist that hits a wrong note. They get yep. they hit a wrong note; the whole stage feels weird for a minute. Look, yeah, y- I mean, you guys... it took me a while
1: to do that. It took me a while to do that. It was, it was, it was a little difficult. It was just like I, I was like just kind of a bass player before. I sang before, but I never kind of did them together. And it was like I never like, did. I, but I got... I'm, I'm, I'm involved in the in the writing process a lot. So it's like right off the bat, it's like I know if I'm gonna like sing a song or not sing a song. Because of yeah, that's... what I'm gonna play on the bass, you know. But we have two singers, so we can Speaking
0: do that. of bass players, my last point in the Metallica Megadeth argument is Cliff Burton, man. Cliff oh, Burton Cliff, that's Cl- a good one. <laughs> I'm dude, Cliff Burton that's is my argument. favorite <laughs> Cliff Burton is my favorite person in heavy metal ever. His spirit, the way he played, everything about I him
2: ever, I don't think he ever played like a straight bass line. It was always something different. He, he was always playing something of his own that just fit in with whatever they were playing. <laughs>
0: He played lead guitar on bass. He was yeah. <laughs> one of the most naturally talented individuals I've ever heard or seen in my entire life. I've but loved how that. long
1: did that last though? That didn't even last that long, you know. It's like that I wasn't mean, his fault though. That's no, I mean ball. I get it. I get it. It was because they switched the fucking bunks. Like I watched that documentary where, like, Kirk Hammett was like, we tossed a coin, and I didn't want to sleep on this whatever bunk, and I got this fucking yeah. bunk, and then like should have been bucked. Lars. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. I mean anybody but
2: Cliff, you know,
0: he yeah. He's the best. We can all agree on that, right? He was like yeah. a, a
2: classical pianist on a bass <laughs> or a right classical on. guitarist yeah. playing a bass. Yeah
0: yeah he really was and
1: just like (laughs) his style his style like even his like fashion like his like style was just like you know wearing those like bell bottoms like he wouldn't he wouldn't commit to the
0: style of the rest of the band when you see those early posters he's got the fucking jean jacket on and the fucking bell bottoms and they're all in skinny jeans and fucking high tops and shit (laughs) and fucking cliff is just his own individual man and fucking he was an fucking absolute shining star of that fucking... and
1: and for the record his 56th birthday would have been two days ago so 56 right. that's
0: it he would have been 50 fucking six still probably fucking shredding dude and he and he's 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 younger than the rest of them though, aren't they in their 60s now around there i think it was a couple yeah. years younger yeah because he was like 24 when he died yeah. or something like that wasn't he he was ridiculously young let's see so, That's what we be, got. Speaking, speaking
2: of musicians going too yeah. early, we've had quite a few uh, unfortunate scene events happen. Some tragic deaths in our oh yeah Milwaukee for sure. I don't know.
1: Travis doesn't know about that, but like maybe you can talk about had, it a little uh, bit. I know Sean had, Mason. Sean yeah. Mason from Forty Ounce Fist. He was the drummer. I'm I'm, I'm uh, He was also the guitar Doug. player for
2: Rendered with Hate. So
1: yep yep. And I I went to high school with um, Jay Wilkie. Um, I kind of like. Grew up with Doug. Like, we lived in the housing project together, like, that he always talks about. Doug (laughs) Crum? Yeah, me and Doug Crum or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, I feel... I didn't actually know Sean, but, um, you know, I feel really bad for those guys. That just happened, what, two days ago?
2: Yeah. And then, uh, actually, Andrew Sheeler, he's another one who passed. He was actually one of the first bass players for Bray Road. He stuck... He was in a band for about four months. We never did a show, and we we were still kind of writing. Yeah, so... He was also the bassist in Cyanosis. Then Tony Canazero, he was in uh, Splattered Cadaver, casa Doom. He was the bass player. And then Mike Palm, he was yeah. Uh, was, he, he he was in a bunch of bands: Carnal Befoulement, Primal Enemy, uh, that ne- that Necrolytic band that was pretty new. I don't know what I don't I don't I don't know his status in any of them, but I know he was involved in them. But
1: and I do know that, a, and maybe this is like you know a good way to like get this out there, like uh. There is a show going on in in West Alice. It's kind of like a a a, rem- a memorial for all of these guys that we're talking about right now. Um, I think it's uh, March nineteenth, and it's the Fallen uh, Four. It's called yeah, and it's what is yeah the Fallen Four. What is what bar is that at? It's in West Alice. It's I called believe. Da Bar. Da Bar, Da Bar on South Sixtieth. Uh, <laughs> It's like literally what it's South called Gub-ar. so like you know it's March 19th hopefully like you know everybody can manage to be safe but you know I think it's a it's a good way to play um pay um tribute yeah here it is the Fallen four uh, maybe we can post something about this or whatever is that the bar um, Trisha
0: that we went to on no, uh no. no on your birthday uh, no what bar- no
1: but you know what's funny about that because we had slaughter party on the show do you remember that slaughter party was the band that was playing
0: that we went to go see that day
1: yeah and they were on the show you saw them live
0: <laughs> oh shit um <laughs>
1: that was Flutter Party the band that I was like I want to go see my friends from Kenosha so we saw them live
0: well I just remember that because uh my friend's band from Kenosha was opening for them or something and yeah they had right, right okay yeah so all right so, yeah.
1: so it's um so I guess uh it looks like it's a it's a benefit show for the Fallen Four, Tony Canizares, Mike Palm, Andrew Sheeler, Sean Mason. Um, the date, it's at Del Bar on South Sixtieth Street, in uh, West Dallas. It's Friday, March nineteenth. Uh, starting at seven p.m. I don't know if that's like There's a bunch a hard of bands start. too.
3: There's
2: like
1: yeah, five I'm or six bands like, on that I'm one. I'm trying to find. Oh, so here's here's the. It's uh, let the wolves speak, primal enemy, Cyanosis, dead and buried, sexual atrocities, and court cost. Um, I love court cost. <laughs> 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 we gotta get. You Kyle ever been to Kyle's here. Kyle's studio? No, no. We cool gotta get we gotta get Kyle on the show. That would be a good one to have. Um. So yeah, so there's a it's a free show. There's donations at the door. It's uh to support, I believe, like the the families and uh, of all of those guys. It's it's just kind of crazy that it's just crazy that it's like we're all like in the same age group and everybody's just like kind of just like dropping off of like it's not even COVID. 2020 right? <laughs> was gonna like...
2: they said two thousand twenty one was gonna be better. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So yeah. So that's a that's a real thing. way to way to bring it bring the show down. Nino. <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah, yeah, hey, so, go, so I I'm, actually I'm, do want I I do want to talk about something that that you and my co-host Travis have in common. Oh shit. Um. Oh <laughs> shit. Because <laughs> he knows when I'm about to do this. Both of you have served time in prison. Oh, uh, yeah. Travis, uh, <sighs> probably more recently, but still, it's, he's pretty far removed from everything. I got, out uh, in, with... I
0: got out in the middle of 2014.
1: And how long did you serve?
0: About two and a half years.
1: And you were looking at originally... A hundred. Yes. Oh, yes, he was looking at a hundred years. 40 40, uh,
0: 40, 40, and 20 was the max that I was looking at. Yeah. Holy shit! And I ended up signing a plea for three in and three and a half out and then I got out nine months early from my three years uh, from doing boot camp and uh, so I saved nine months off my sentence, but then you know you still got to do the whole fucking three and a half out clean too, you know, because people don't think of that as part of your sentence. But uh, truth in sentencing. Yeah, yeah. you you There's really no
2: such thing as parole anymore. Right, yeah. you
0: know you got to do that whole fucking three and a half years and and actually more than that because I did a four and a quarter because I got out early. And uh, you got to do every fucking bit of that clean, man. Pay your fucking fees every month on time. You know, fucking show up for all those interviews, you know, all those uh, meetings with your P.O. Fucking.
2: I'm not going
1: to so lie. So how, how long were you on parole, Travis? Seven so, years. So, right?
0: my, so my sentence was for three in and three and a half out. That means you have a total sentence of six and a half years. So you're going to you're going to do your three years in and three and a half out on probation. Okay. But then okay. if you get out early from, from your prison stay, which I did nine months early, then you still just add that on to your time on probation. So instead of having three and a half out, but you know, then I've got four and a quarter out. So I did Here. four and, a, and, but then anytime, time during that four and a quarter years, oh, yeah. you can get revoked and go right yeah. back to do the rest of your sentence. So you better, when you get convicted, always think of that three, three in, three and a half out as six and a half years Cause at any point you can get revoked and end up doing that whole fucking time.
1: It, and when were when were you off papers? When were you off papers?
0: Uh, wh- what was it? Two thousand eighteen. The the, yeah, the, of, the the fall of the fall of two thousand eighteen. When right. I fucking sparked my fucking first joint in fucking six and a half years. <laughs> 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 like that so, day, like so, that fucking day.
1: <laughs> so okay, so then Nino has a. Uh, a shared history but in your obviously in your much younger years not that that matters it still sucks all the way around but you were a badass kid weren't you
2: yeah i was i was a little hellion but i was more of a petty crimeser so for the least for what i got caught with but mine was more like uh let's see i had i had five in and nine out (laughs)
3: because i
2: had I was in Lincoln Hills, and I mollywopped a kid and got charged with battery by prisoner. Mm-hmm. So Lincoln County actually gave me adult charges. So when I was released from Lincoln Hills, I was already on paper. That lasted a whole, like, maybe six months tops before I was in, in the joint joint, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was part of that... Uh, prison for profit type group where they sent me to all different states Mm in mississippi appleton minnesota oklahoma did you end up in say Sayer, oklahoma Oklahoma. then i came back and i was in kettle moraine then stanley then chippewa falls and then i got out but jesus but uh so how long how
1: long were you on paper after that
2: nine years (laughs) I, i i actually had a I'm not going to say his name, but I actually had a pretty forgiving PO that just kind of left me alone. He <clears> never really never gave me drug tests. As long as my yeah. name he told me as long as your name don't cross my desk, I don't know what you do. I'm like, "Okay." So <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. So I paid
2: my restitution and I was I was still playing in bands then. Nobody really knew, but yeah. cuz I didn't want anybody to get like salty at me and get butt hurt and call call my PO or something. Right. I don't put anything past anybody anymore, but Right, because that's all it takes. That <laughs> all,
0: that's all it takes to at least start an investigation or get you revoked. Sometimes hearsay is enough, and that's fucking yeah. crazy. That's fucking insane. But it happens every fucking day. Yeah. Somebody's fucking jilted lover or their fucking parents oh, god, or or, yeah. or, a, or a sibling or something like that someone well, don't like your band yeah, uh, yeah. You. <laughs>
1: that's so right. lame right. that would be the right. so way oh my god that would be so lame
0: fuck, like, those, dudes. Like fuck like, those dudes
1: fuck those dudes i'm calling
0: his po <laughs> i paid 12 dollars to see those dudes and they fucking sucked i'm calling his po fuck him yeah. <laughs>
2: So I heard uh, he was talking to so and so, and so and so said so and so, didn't get him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, where so you served, you served all your time at one place, right, Travis? Like at Racine?
0: Well, um, I, I, so <laughs> let's see, I, I, uh, was at county for exactly 90 days before I went to prison. I, I signed my plea pretty quick, like they had county's me, county's the worst, county is the worst, they when had you,
1: get, you dead to rights yeah right. they,
0: they they had me like they yeah, had they had camera. security footage from several different locations and i mean it could have just gone on and on and on and <laughs> so like th- there was no there was no like fighting that i did the shit i clearly did the shit uh but you know it was just a matter of you know figuring out like the, yeah. the recidivism rate you know like uh you know how are we going to uh, sentence this guy, you know, basically? And uh, is it a drug-related offense? You know, did he do these crimes because, you know, he was an addict and he actually needs help? You know, are we going to allow him that kind of help or are we just going to lock the door for, you know, however long that they could have done it? But, um, yeah, so I was at county for exactly 90 days before I made it to prison. And then at, when you first go to prison, you go God. to, like, an intake prison and fucking... right. You go Dodge. there, yeah, Dodge. And it, that's the worst <laughs> when you're fucking locked in your cell 23 hours a day and fucking. And the guards it.
2: smoke in front of you and you just want a cigarette. You yeah. know. <laughs> and
0: fucking. Um, well, by the time I was there, smoking was outlawed fucking at all the places. So, I mean, uh, you still get it in, you know, where you get it in. But, um, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the old care package. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the fudge but, chamber. yeah the prison (laughs) pocket you know uh but yeah so you're at the intake prison they just assess you there and then decide what security risk you're going to be at you know low medium or high security or, or super max or whatever you know and they just assess you like psychologically and stuff and then i got sent to racine and i did most of my time at rci in racine until i got the boot camp program and that was in saint croix wisconsin like right on the border with minnesota and I just
1: I just want to say real quick that, like, uh, Travis, like, I knew when Travis went in, and I was, like, messaging him the day he got out. Like, as soon as I found out he was out, I was like, motherfucker. Because, um, you know, he needed some people that weren't in the life that he had prior or whatever. But also, like, uh, I would say that that boot camp was probably the best thing that ever happened to you. I'm sure it sucked, but it was probably, you know, behavior modification is actually it's probably really probably better important.
2: than prison, though. It was.
0: Yeah, It was. It was See,
2: weird. I went yeah. to Racine too, but I didn't go to RCI. I went to Ryok because I was Ryok. only 16.
0: <laughs> fight, fight club. <laughs> yeah, right. pretty much.
2: It's yeah. literally the prison with concrete walls all the way around it. There are no fences in that one. And it yeah. is nothing but fight club. It's all the young little gangbangers just beating yeah. the shit out of each other constantly. Yeah,
0: it's – it's Trisha, you, you get stories because a lot of those guys come right from Ryok. It's not far. It's like practically right, right down the street from RCI. And it's yeah. a juvenile prison, and it's everyone at RCI just calls it fucking Fight Club because that's all that fucking happens there. See, There's, it's a
2: juvenile prison, but it's yeah. an adult prison. It's where they yeah. send the. I think like it was 20, 20 and under got sent there. Yeah. But but see, I had I just had st- stolen car crimes, and then we burnt it yeah. on Six and Pierce and blah blah. You know all that dumb yeah. shit. Yeah. So they really had no no <laughs> that's programs all. for me. That's all. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. You know, that's all I'm yeah. saying. But, uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah, there's no kind of like drug program or like anything for that to like get out early.
2: So, so I, I did an AODA program just because they said it would help, but it didn't. Yeah, so I was right. like, what the fuck? But anyways, there was, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just one of those people. I didn't have an offense that they, they really needed to send me anywhere. So they just sent me everywhere possible. So, right. anywhere with a bed. And you like were so, like, came with-
1: so, if you went to that many, um, prisons in, like, four and a half years, like, how often were you, like, moving? Because that that would have to do. Don't you have to do intake every single time? Well, here's the
2: thing is, uh, I've been out, let's see, okay, my daughter's 13. So I've been out 15 years now. So what's 15 years from today? What year is that? Uh, Okay, I don't want to do math here.
0: 2006. 2006.
2: 2006. Okay, that was in the the epicenter of when Wisconsin was sending... Yeah. It's prisoners out and in of state because we were so overbooked yeah. that yeah. they had to pay private prisons, like not mm-hmm. state prisons. These were privately owned prisons that were yeah, making
1: prices. Prof- and that's profit. bullshit. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. It was called we the all-
2: Corrections Corporation of America. Yep. I tell you what, I'd never partied so much until I went to those places, to be honest.
1: <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. god. <laughs> I mean it I was mean we all we, we all are very we're very strong, um, advocates or like we're just like very anti like um the 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 privatization and corporatization of prisons and and that has a lot to do with like you know i'm gonna say it has a lot to do with systemic racism because that all started at the end of like when the 13th amendment fucking happened and they Mm -hmm. started just like you know you know slaves got released and then they're like well we need another way to get like fucking free labor so like we're Mm -hmm. gonna like Just start, like, fucking putting petty crimes on fucking, you know, black people. But, you know, it became, you know, it became this whole fucking system of where corporations are making money. Like, like, slavery is not okay unless it's prison labor. And that's actually what the (laughs) 13th Amendment is. It's like, like, except it's like slavery is not okay except if you're in fucking prison. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's not okay. Cause it's, it's like, you're, you're there to pay for a crime, not to become like a fucking okay. slave to a corporation to make money at like, you know, you know, everybody bitches about like when we outsource to China is like, dude, we should be bitching about like fucking the slave labor that we have in, in prisons right now. It's, 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 it's the, the most, uh, like contentious, like, uh, like horrible thing. I think that like, that we do like that. Oh God, and it's just like, and everybody's in on it. It's, so it's just, it's just a joke. It's
2: just. And there, there was a, and there was a, a significant difference about doing time in a Wisconsin state prison than there was in the private prison. Now imagine oh, yeah. all your prison. Imagine all your prison guards are really Walmart employees or something. Right. They don't get good health care. They don't really care. So they just let you guys pretty much uh, weed the thin ones out. Pretty much.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so. they leave you to your own Yeah, they like leave you to your own devices or whatever. But then and, like And that's no, why it came
2: out with t- with nothing but tattoos.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because nobody gave
2: a shit. Nobody yeah. gave a shit. We we used to sit in the window and just tattoos the guards would walk past like, "Hey." Like, yeah. "Hey, dude." <laughs> buddy buddy Yeah, line. I mean,
1: but but anytime anybody's doing something like that for profit, the conditions and uh, you know, just suffer. And then the people inherently suffer. So you got a bunch of yeah. people like, you know, I mean, well, I don't really give a shit. We become human we're capital. Like, yeah. it's, it's like yeah. human
2: capital stock. Yeah. I absolutely. mean,
1: ultimately, we are all just like human capital. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, because, you know, there's the whole capitalist, like, we're fucking, you know, we're slaves to a system and all that kind of stuff. But, like, it's worse. Like, you really see it when you see privatized prisons. Like, that's where you see the worst of it. Yeah. Um, but when you get out it's it's really no different. I mean, you work a day job, you fucking know, you're a fucking slave yeah. to a system. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the illusion of freedom we're get back. Out, we're- <laughs> We're, we're we're back to the simulation theory because fucking <laughs> yeah. it's the illusion of freedom, right? You yeah. know, like, but here's we the thing. Ha-
1: are, are we free? It, we're not is free. They're
2: all in cahoots with each other. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. It,
2: it's the smoke and mirrors game.
0: It's the flat it, earthers. <laughs> it's, it's the fucking people who told us we actually did land on the moon. It's all of them. It's the fucking Illuminati fucking controlling us, pulling the strings, right? Just give us Tupac back, please. Yeah, right on, man. Right on. That's the
1: worst cons- That is that conspiracy. I'm gonna get on board with where it's like the government wanted to shut his ass up because he's golfing with much- Elvis
2: right now. He had
1: too mu- he had too much of a fucking voice, and everybody was like, "No, I think I think that the powers that be fuck. I think he's dead." But that I goes think back the to the systemic
2: that, racism you are talking about. We need to shut yeah. this guy up. He's making yeah, too much of yeah, a wave. <laughs> he's
1: making too much fucking noise, dude. Like, let's shut him the fuck up. Well, God was, forbid was,
2: someone's keeping it real. I mean, I don't know.
1: He was getting through to some people, but, you know, and everybody's like, you know, we don't like this. We
2: can't uh, have that's it, that's that. The other, that's the other funny thing. It, it's like if you notice that people are just content with being fed, like, ignorance almost – yeah. It's like almost with almost with music, you know. It's like, it's it's the not watered a, down me, fucking it's not bullshit. A, it's not a meritocracy. It's not. Uh, it's not, it's, it's not. not based on actual skill or what you're doing. It's yes. all about who's ass you're kissing at the time, or I don't know. It's just right, who, you're, right who now. you're
1: making. Who you're making the most money for? Your value is essentially based on like, like them paying you the least yeah, amount of money even, and getting even, the most bang for their buck. Not you. the who aren't making money you. are like
2: that. <laughs> even yeah, even bands who aren't making money are like that. On a local level, it's like that. Even bands that don't make money oh, yeah. like that. I mean, I'm not a talking about level, bands. It's, I'm talking about it's like. Not mare...
0: Yeah, I I, I I totally it's, hear what you're not, saying. You know, uh, music used to be a meritocracy. You know, where, where it's whoever anymore, tried the hardest—it's absolutely not. Whoever tried the hardest, whoever was on the road the most, who fucking sacrificed their life, lived in their van for—you know—died yeah, for their art. It's not but, based on. No.
2: It's not based on skill, ability, or talent anymore. It's just—it's based it's on not. politics.
1: <laughs> it's about no, and it, well, it's all, its its based upon like what, uh. I think can sedate the masses actually the best. What's you know? the least but... offensive
0: thing that we can sell to everybody that makes them feel like they're rebelling just a little bit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it, it yeah. they feel Billie like the eilish. No. <laughs> exactly. It fucking yeah. exactly. Exactly.
3: <laughs> you know what I mean? Or
0: or, or making or making a, a, a song called like Wet Ass Pussy that just seems yeah. so nasty. It just seems I'll so tell nasty. You what. Yeah, it seems so rebellious and so nasty and so empowering, but at the same time, is so fucking slavish and so fucking ridiculous. It's so because stupid! It's that's just stupid. What, I don't know. That's what that's <laughs> what they're selling us. That's what they're selling us as rebellion is wet ass pussy. And All see, right. I- I have a 13 year old daughter, and it's like, mm. what was
2: I listening to at 13? I was listening to "And Justice for All" and Fuck you know yeah. stuff
0: like
3: that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's listening
2: to this stuff that they play it on the radio. Edit like they play this on the radio. So man. <laughs> and
1: for the record, uh, uh, Nino is really wearing a Megadeth shirt right now. He sent me a picture. Just like for the record, <laughs> he wasn't bullshitting. I just want I want to put it out there. I was like, all right, all right that's baby. he's wearing a fucking that's Excellent. a solid fucking shirt, man. I'll uh, tell you what, got, Trisha. Uh,
0: that's
2: the one I got when I paid two hundred dollars to meet Dave Mustaine for ten seconds. No, <laughs> oh shit! No.
1: Yes, yeah,
2: oh, I'm serious. I mean, he came. They, they gave us some like warm ass meat and cheese. And said, <laughs> <laughs> listen, it, it, they said Megadeth is running late, so we got to have to wait. So an hour later, they There's walked in. So warm ass meat and cheese. So, yeah, and so I I walked next to him. I looked at him. I said, what? dude and i fucking took a picture and i walked away so kind of rolled his eyes at me so, that was
1: really- <laughs> he seems like he seems like kind of like he would be a dick i mean he'd be like what do you mean what's up with risk <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: he didn't Holy say shit. that but even, even dave ellison he was doing a he was doing a little shoot in the front of the rave i'm like hey dave ellison he just walked past without even i'm like fuck you dude no
0: that's-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: just, <laughs> oh, that's awesome! A little warm meat and cheese. Well, I tell you what, let's let's take let's a break. Put it like
2: this: <laughs> one of those one of those sausage trays at a holiday party that had been sitting oh, out for about six oh, hours. Gross. How about that? And, that's what I
0: mean. <laughs> and the cheese is all sweaty and shit. Yeah, it's, all <laughs> it's got it's got a layer of pudding on it. You know? <laughs>
1: And we take our cheese very seriously here in Wisconsin. That's what this he is has. Wisconsin. Cheese is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Right, before,
2: before you go to break, it's still yeah. not as bad when Sully Erna came out and said, "What's up, Chicago?" And and when at the rave, like, "Oh,
0: dude, oh, man. <laughs> you lose." <laughs> you Sully. lose. Okay, <laughs> Sully, what are you doing, bro? All right, we'll take a break and we'll get right back with Nino. <laughs> You're listening to Radio Free Galaxy, brought to you by Granny Fanny Shark Clumpers. Cause when it comes to poops, sometimes we all have a little oops.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome back. We're talking with Nino Ninez from Bray Road and Trisha. We're gonna talk about some horror movies.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what we're doing right now. So so Nino, you know, we did an episode and Doug Brem was actually on this and uh, uh, one of my band members, Rich Altenbach, was on this episode, and it was like six of us, and we all came up with a collective list, and it was, it was our personal favorite movies from horror movies from the 80s. It wasn't like, what are, what are the best, like, iconic, like, whatever the fuck. It was like, what are your personal favorite 80s horror movies?
2: Alright, well, my favorite movie of all time... Has to be Ghostbusters. I know that's more of a comedy, but it, it scared the shit out work. of me when I was dude, a kid.
1: Dude, dude that Stay Marshmallow. Dude, that's a ballad. I'm gonna say dude, that's a ballad. Dude, that valid. Demon
2: Dog. That Demon Dog haunts me in my dreams.
1: Yeah, it's and serious. all and all that kind of shit, dude. Like, dude, seriously, that's. I'm I'm gonna agree with you. That's a solid pick, because <laughs> okay. that that's. What do you yeah. think, Travis?
2: That's my favorite one. If you look, if you look to my right, I got a whole bunch of a whole shelf full of Ghostbusters memorabilia. It's
1: Ooh, it's like definitely it's definitely
0: a comedy, but because of the supernatural nature of it, it, it totally applies to the horror genre. Absolutely, it's totally Wait, valid. You you,
1: okay. you were younger than I was. Like you don't think that was like scary when you were a kid? Like I thought it was scary. Young
0: younger than I am. I, I'm a year that came younger. Out the year I was born. <laughs> I, yeah, come on. Mm. I, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's scary as hell. Absolutely for a kid yeah and it's you know it's aimed at kids you know i mean so all right Uh, my next one
2: okay bear with me has to be little shop of horrors
1: (laughs) oh that made christine's list that made christine's list actually travis's girlfriend
2: with the alternate ending where the plant eats him yes there is an alternate ending yes you have to you have to go on youtube and look that up all the plants right. actually take over the world. They do, he doesn't kill them. He eats Seymour and they just take over. Yeah, I oh
0: think I God. I think I have the ending on the uh Blu-ray that I have of it or the DvD or something like that. Yeah, that, that was that. like I
1: think that was like Christine's like what number two or
0: three? It was it was pretty
1: it was yeah, it was pretty high on her yep. her list. So good call.
2: And that the next one would be People under the stairs. Oh, good movie.
1: Oh, good movie.
0: yeah I saw that in theaters at the, I at, believe at the Avalon back in the day, dude. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, when the, was when, that? Three. When the Avalon was a budget theater and it was like a dollar <laughs> seventy-five to get in in the early '90s or something like that. Yeah.
2: You know, we just watched that the other day, and I was like, "Wow, I used to love this movie, but now that I'm older and watching it, it's kind of yeah. weird." But <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay,
2: then I have Gremlins. That made, that
1: made a, that didn't make the list. We were disappointed that it, we gave some shout-outs to Gremlins because everybody was like, that's a really good fucking movie, but I can't put it in my top five. So I'm glad you're putting that one in your top five. Oh, actually, no, Claudia from Citizen out of Chicago, she had yeah. it in her top five. Yeah. So you're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah.
2: And then Candyman.
1: Oh, that was Candyman. in the 80s? That yeah, wasn't I in
3: don't the eighties. I, I, I believe it was. I, I believe no,
2: no, because
1: my <laughs> first date was to go see Candyman in the theaters, and that was when I was in high school. And that see, was in the nineties.
2: Yeah, I, I was born in eighty four, so all these movies are old to me. Sorry.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Sorry. Geez. Candyman. Oh, Candyman was in ninety two. So oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pick well, another one. Nightmare on Elm Street. There you go. There you
2: go. Okay. Going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> what, I was gonna say Nightmare on Elm Street one through whatever number, just kind of yeah, like, one through four. <laughs> like my top four are Nightmare on Elm
1: Street or not? Like Nightmare on Elm Street one through four. So my top five
0: or whatever. Yeah. Fuck yeah.
2: See, The Little yeah. Shop of Horrors. That's that's not really a horror movie. It's more of a musical, but I love it. The, I know the original one wasn't a horror story either, but it was still. It's got horror in the title. Hey, it's hey, got some you don't, you don't songs. Have, you
0: don't have to make excuses to me. <laughs> I love musicals, man. I, Rocky Horror Picture Show is one of my favorite movies of all time. Fiddler on the Roof is one of my favorite movies of all time. I make no fucking bones about it, dude. Musicals are fucking awesome. Trisha disagrees.
1: Well, dude, I don't <laughs> think that musicals, I disagree with like the musical thing. Like, I like musicals. I just didn't like Anna and the Apocalypse. That Whatever, movie was dude. not good. Whatever, it was dude. It not good. <laughs> did you see no, that movie? Did you
0: see do. that movie? No. Nino, did you see that?
2: I can't say I have, no. Oh, man, <laughs> you need
0: to check it out, dude. It's
2: I'm a... one of those people I haven't watched Star Wars all the way through, to be honest. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I, came, I came from a very uh, sheltered background,
1: I should say. <laughs> Does that make was sense? It, was or... it Was it? religious?
2: Uh, Yeah, very religious, very conservative, very, yeah, very weird, but... <laughs>
1: You weren't a Jehovah's Witness, too, were you?
2: <laughs> no. M- m- okay, because, like, more, Dustin more, and more I just, have that
1: shared experience.
2: More, more just, like, the scapegoat of the family type shit, you know? <laughs> uh, okay. Like, if something
1: that. bad happens, like, it's all, like, because somehow it's your fault, right? It's
0: fucking Nino, it's man. It's
2: always
1: <laughs> my
0: fault. <laughs> <laughs> the black yeah. sheep of the family. Do but you like feel like... It do always takes like, one to no one. So. Do, do you feel like your upbringing ha- made you get into metal more when you were a kid?
2: Well, here's the thing is my mom was more of the laxed one. She was the one who would, you know, blast Van Halen and Metallica. Mm. Well, my dad would come home and be like, no wonder he's such an asshole, you know, <laughs> <laughs> listening to all this fucking music. So.
0: <laughs> what do you want to do with your life?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So are your parents... I want to run Are they still together?
2: Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Yep. Oh. Yeah, they're still together. They've been married... Let's see. I'm 37... 39 years they've been married. They were married oh, for two yeah. years before I was born, so... Damn. That's cool Damn. I, I, seriously, I seriously don't know how there hasn't <laughs> been some, like, cold case action.
1: <laughs> Ooh... <laughs> Yeah. We're not we're not no. going to go there. We're not going to go there. We're not going to put people on blast like that or whatever, but Shit. I mean, unless it really happened.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm, I'm saying I'm surprised there hasn't been. <laughs> I, I, for all I know, there might have. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. So, <laughs>
1: so like what would you say like your number one like influence was when you like like got into metal and you started listening to all this stuff and like, what made you want to like play guitar and like sing and like whatever? Where you were, like, what were you like? I want to do that. What was the, the thing?
2: The Black Album and James Hetfield. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah no, you got um, oh, okay. It's funny because I went to Florida and I visited my uncle Bill. I remember, and before I went home, he he brought me to Sam Goody and bought me. The, The black album on cassette and i played that thing out so much i had to come up with money to buy another one because i wore it out yeah but see other than that i primarily listened to rap i i I didn't really start getting into metal till i was about maybe 21 22 and actually i was in a band called stoned for a while and uh yeah those guys really taught me what like the heavier metal was because I had new Megadeth. I knew symphony of destruction and basically what they played on the radio. Yeah,
3: mm. I knew,
2: I knew pretty much every Metallica because it, they are, they were and probably always will be my favorite band. Yeah. And I don't know. They just, they, they're like, here, this is Sepultura. I was like, whoa, they're like, oh, yeah, it gets you heavier. Know, it's
1: interesting that <laughs> you bring up Sepultura because we were like, I, you know, we always, Travis and I always have a little chat before we start these podcasts, like, you know, before we bring people on and you know, I'm like, so what do you think? Like, cause I'm always, cause I always, am familiar with the bands and I, and then Travis is forced to listen to them so far. He hasn't been, <laughs> he hasn't been disappointed, but, uh, I was like, what do you think they sound like? And actually one of the first things he said was
0: the um, first thing I said, I mean, I, the first thing I said is, I mean, well, Sepultura. The, it's obvious that, you know, big fans of Sepultura, you know, cause it fucking, it, I, I hear it a lot, a lot and that's not, that's not that's absolutely a compliment. I fucking love Sepulterra dude. And I, but I just heard the influence right away, you know, not, you yeah. know, not, not saying fucking anything, you know, ripping off. I'm know. saying it sounds fucking, it, it, I can hear the influence.
1: It jams you know what I'm like It's like gro- the groove metal thing. Yeah. It's like, it jams like yeah. Sepulterra well, does. See, yeah.
2: I was one of those people. I was never huge into Pantera. I never, I don't know. I, they, they were very, very big influence. I love Dimebag Daryl, but Pantera yeah. as a whole band, I was never obsessed with them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was never, when I started listening to metal, I I heard, like, Biohazard, and I was, yeah. like, hooked, and DRI. I was like, I like that. And then there's uh, a local yeah. band called called NSOA, the new side of the Oh, person. yeah.
1: I played a show with them
2: And uh, at, uh, he, not,
1: at the skate park. There was a skate park show, and I played on a our, show On with our them.
2: new single, uh, Takes One to No One, that's Zach and I sharing vocals from NSOA. He came on the track, and I, I asked him if he wanted to be part of the song. He said, yeah, so... So yeah, he's dude, the other that, and that guy—that guy—uh,
1: has a, a uh, uh, Travis's girlfriend also does a lot of artwork and like uh, she's starting her own graphic novel. But Zach from NSOA, New Society of Anarchists, um, he's he also has Gorefex Comics where he does all sorts of like, he, man, he his drawings a... are fantastic, dude. His drawings are fucking great. So shout out to Zach.
2: Well, uh, our fun, next our sorry. next single, he did the art for. It's it's called Freedom or Fire. He did the art. It's a beast with a Uncle Sam hat on, pointing. Yeah, he just he just finished that last week for us. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a. Zach's he's a an guy. amazing. He's an amazing. He's
1: an amazing well, he's artist.
2: A, so he's an actual artist. He doesn't really. He still has yeah. passion, and he does it for himself. He doesn't do it to appease, the ten the people man, yeah. or, or whatever, whatever. <laughs> Um,
1: no, I love, like, I'm, I'm friends with him on, um, Facebook and I love like when he posts like drawings or whatever, like he's doing a, he, I think he was recently doing a a Gorfax style, like that's what his comic series is called, or he's doing a Gorfex style, like a uh, DC comic thing where he drew his style, he drew Batman in his style. Oh, that's cool. Or he drew, like, he drew, like, Superman in his style, or, like, he drew, you know, he, that's that's kind of, like, what he was kind of, like, just doing for, I mean, for the fuck of it, I think, you know, lately. He's, eight, al- he's like, also
2: got the the longest-running band in Milwaukee. He longest does. Running.
1: Yep. You think so? He,
2: yeah, he, he, well, look, it, it's, it's, it's fact I means they've never taken a break over the last 30 years. There's like 30, 20, years, 30 yeah. years, 14. I'm just, 14 I'm just albums. trying to
1: think. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. Like Dr. Shrinkers are on, but they took a really yeah, but long They break. did. They broke up they though. A, yeah. all,
2: all these old school bands broke up. They never broke up. They've been going, they never stopped. That's yeah, the longest exactly. running tenure.
1: That's yeah. solid. I, yeah. Like we played <laughs> a, we played a skate park show with them and I came up and I was like, dude, like I know you guys from like back in the nineties and shit. Like, um, so it was, like, super fun to just, like, kind of, like, share a skate park with them.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they were actually one of the first local shows I went to, and I'm like, dude, look at these guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my drummer's fight-
2: like, damn, man, I want to play like that.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah so. and I, I remember uh, I actually saw the episode of Jerry Springer when Augie was on it, and um, do you know about that?
2: No, I did not. <laughs> Augie, no. A- Augie, uh, the
0: who's who's Augie? No the drummer. Um, yeah. He have super curly black hair. No, no? Okay. Long, Bal- He used to
1: have long ass black hair where his head, his sides were shaved, and then he had this like long black hair. And I believe he's like, he looks. Like Native American or something. Yes, yes, yes. He's Um, from
0: Bayview. He's from Bayview, right? Yeah. Total fucking fucking metal legend from back in the day, dude. Yeah. I I grew up in Bayview. That dude was a total fucking legend in the neighborhood.
1: Yeah, and he (laughs) went on Jerry Springer. He still kind of is. (laughs) Yeah. He went on Jerry Springer uh, with whoever he was with at the time. And it was pretty much they, like, made up a story, I believe. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't really true. It was like, you know, like, he said that his girlfriend was cheating on him with some other girl, and it was a bunch of people, and they all came out, and they got mad. But it was essentially like they got a free trip to Chicago out of it or some mm-hmm. shit. It was, dude, like, back in the day, that shit was fucking legendary. That was so... Did you guys,
0: did you guys ever go to a taping of Springer? No.
1: no.
3: <laughs> I,
0: I did with, actually, my, the guitar player from my last band that I was in. Uh, last band I was in, Otis, fucking... We went, we, we, me and Christine and him and his girlfriend, we took the train down to just go see Jerry Springer for the day, dude. And that was one of the fucking craziest days of my fucking life, dude. Dude, <laughs> dude going to a and live stream. had taping. some
1: crazy ass days, dude.
0: Yeah, the, no, that was, that was one of the craziest, dude. Absolutely, yeah. And that, that was like when I was in the middle of my drug run, too. And we just took this insane fucking trip to fucking... See Jerry Springer and fucking he, dude, he does a he did a comedy routine. He would he would do he would warm up the crowd like sometimes when you go to see like a tape show like Jay Leno or something like that. Or dude, I'm dating myself saying fucking Jay Leno. What the fuck, dude? Oh my
1: god, I'm <laughs> I'm talking, a, dude, I Leno. clearly, clearly, Nino, we're we're older than oh, you. Oh fuck,
0: man! Look at that! <laughs> I'm like.
1: See,
2: See, I I remember looking at Jerry Springer and being like, this is real, you know? (laughs) Fuck, yeah, yeah, dude.
1: It's fucking
0: bananas. Then
2: it got got so corny, you could tell
0: it wasn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, then it wasn't. But, I mean, obviously, Augie got on there because he... you know,
0: <laughs> but but Jerry, but Jerry would come out and do a little like stand-up comedy routine for the audience before the show starts. That doesn't get taped or anything. Like he warms up the fucking audience by coming out and telling raw ass, dirty ass jokes, dude. About like fucking Bob Saget. You ever seen Bob Saget yes. dirty? Oh, yeah, yes. Oh yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Dude,
0: it was the same and that kind dude of was situation. A
1: mayor. Jerry Springer was a mayor.
0: Yes, and he tells jokes about how he got fucking. Uh, he got like busted with a prostitute or whatever, and that's when he was mayor or whatever. He comes out and fucking starts doing jokes about getting blowjobs from a fucking prostitute before the fucking show. I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> it was fucking crazy, dude. That
1: was, was like a fucking secret, right? Yeah. Dude, yeah, that was
0: that dude. was a blast though. Going to see fucking Springer in the audience. Oh my god, man.
1: So, <laughs> uh, so Nino. Let's let's talk about, like, so what are your plans with Bray Road for this year? Like, like, is that a good segue? What, or is it just like, fuck it? Well, yeah, like, like
0: just... is is everything on hold right now just, like, up in the air waiting to see what happens with clubs opening or, like, you know, for playing out or, you know, like, are you making any tentative plans?
2: Um, like, for sure Right now,
0: playing out is, like,
2: the least of my priorities, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just uh,
1: releasing new music probably i would pretty think pretty much
2: that i mean to be honest any band that's not focusing on new music is kind of wasting their time right now i know we right? wrote
1: an, we wrote an entire Uh-oh. album in the first 3 months of the pandemic
2: <laughs> so here here's the thing with playing out now is is a lot of people have different opinions about bands who are really playing out right now yeah yeah regardless of what the opinion is, I just don't want Bray Road to be part of that. And I've kind of played enough shows in my life to where I can sit back and I don't have to be thirsty for any type of stage to be on. Yeah. So, I I mean, that, that might sound weird, but... Mm-hmm. I feel like right now is the perfect time for us to just keep recording. That we yeah. invested in all this stuff. Yeah. Well, and you so- what,
1: and you just you just set up that whole studio, the whole Cavern Entertainment thing, and it's like it's like actually the perfect time to like hone your skills and like get that set and like. You know, I what's mean, what's hopefully- more productive
0: right now to be in the studio fucking coming up with new ideas, using all the stimulus that we have going around us right now to fucking come up with new material or to play a show for like 12 mass dudes in a bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like,
2: well, that's the thing is, as I, I support people's beliefs like, you know, you can't hold us down. Hey, that's fine. But not yeah. everybody is on the same train yeah. as you. Yeah,
1: you know. That doesn't and, mean uh, I'm going to go fucking see you, you yeah. know, like, because well, yeah, I, a... you know, I mean, that's like, I got a different, I, I got a situation at home. Like, I'm not going to go out and see your fucking band. Like, that's just not what I'm going to do. I just but, feel it's a, li-
2: it's a little irresponsible. That's just me, though. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because everybody's so uncertain with what's going on. Right. I, I, I feel like certain bands are leaving foul tastes in other other people's mouths because they're they they're just not. can't. They're like thirsty thirsty yeah. and i i, I don't want to be that type of band i never have and plus now that was why dave moran kind of worked out for us perfect because he's about to have a kid so mm-hmm. he's on careful. he's on the he's on the others uh, he understands and we understand as a band that we can't be out there while he's going through this transition but in my mind that's perfect because i want us to focus on writing right now Absolutely. writing and recording yeah. we we for a, sure as a that's band, where we're at the only thing that's holding us back would be ourselves because we can literally uh, write a song and go in the, in the next room and hit record and <laughs> get it done. We don't have to book studio time. And make, with, and make it sound you good. Know, egotistical engineers and yeah. pays you know, $1,200 for a 30-hour block to maybe get a product absolutely. in six months, maybe. You know, it's just... <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. So. You, you've got all this ability to do it, to make it sound amazing. For, like, the first time in history, you can make an amazing fucking record in your fucking bedroom. And you're bedroom.
1: doing a, a fantastic job. Well, you, well, well here's the yeah, thing. So
2: is anybody who knows me and gives you an honest opinion about Nino will say, "I'm I, I'm a riff dude. I fucking write riffs. That's what I do. I write riffs. I arrange the songs. Yeah. I mean, we all do, but it's always been my strong point has been writing, and right. now I successfully have some killer musicians who can just hop in the pocket and add to it. And you know, because for the longest time I was the only one writing music for the band. Yeah. For the first album, for the whole demo, it's, uh, it's uh, every riff on it was mine <laughs> until Rob joined the band, and then the riffs got a little different and it was good. But now he's not in the band anymore, so it's kind of on me in the guitar section again. So.
1: <laughs> i gotta say uh so like what travis what do you think um do you have a favorite that you listen to out of your songs or whatever
0: out of, out of their so i'd really like the new stuff man i really like yeah, dark too. passenger I, I like that me a lot too. that's, that's a like fun, the yeah. one
1: that's the that's one that a fun i like song. too
0: yeah <laughs> that's
1: a yeah, fun one like it's you know and there's something about like you know in and and uh you know the thing about what people don't understand is like when musicians are like recording stuff and they want like other ears but like we send stuff to each other like i sent some stuff to you know nino sent some stuff to me i kind of heard this like before it was actually released i heard some other stuff uh you know i send it to like marty goldberg is doing a thing and he sends me tracks and then my friend Mm -hmm. Medavon sends me stuff and i send him stuff and like so we kind of like have this little like Secret, like underground, like Man. everybody got, kind of gets to hear stuff before everybody gets to hear stuff, right? Yeah. Um, well, it also helps you like, find
2: mistakes, though, if you notice, like, hey, you yeah. should try this, or yeah, you know, but, it's but all- that's the
1: reason have, that's the reason, like, fresh ears, like, we, we get yeah. to. Um, send stuff to each other because it's like, you know, maybe we've just, like, been living with this too long. Because, right. you know, when you write something and you record something and then you're listening to it and then you're mixing shit, and, mm-hmm. the, like, we're always involved in the mixing, so I'm, like, listening to this shit over and over, and, like, after a certain point, like, you get ear fatigue. Travis doesn't believe that's a real thing. You get tired I'm team with Travis. You. I don't
2: know. <laughs> from, from ev- every, every Bray Road song from start to finish has been pretty much, like, the tones I choose, and I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm but, only, but you I started. Know, it, I'm yeah. the only original guy, you know. So yeah. it's kind of just how it yeah, around Yeah, but for sometimes 10 years, you like so.
1: <laughs> you need somebody. You need somebody like you know, like out even if it's not ear fatigue. You need somebody outside the pocket to be like you know, yeah. maybe I'm not fully aware of like.
0: Yeah, you get you know, so like, you get you've so. You've lived
1: with it. You've get, you've lived with it so long, and you think it's like fine. It's like you know, I'm just gonna get like an outside opinion, and you get that. so but... caught
0: up. You get so caught up in like writing an intro for a song or something, and writing like an opening riff or something, and it's just like it's fucking just like killing you that you're just not getting it right. And then you have somebody else listen to it, and they're like, "Dude, just drop the intro. You don't fucking need it." You know. But you've been living with it so long, you're just trying to fix something that shouldn't even be there, and you just need other <laughs> which fucking is funny because
1: actually, I just actually got thanked by metavon from lockjaw because he mm-hmm. sent me a, a track off his new album and he was like thanks trisha i dropped the fucking intro because i was just like dude that intro doesn't make any sense it fucking sucks and like that's how i like talk <laughs> I, was like, well, I mean i mean that's how i talk to people like i was like dude i don't get it i don't understand why that intro is even there and then he was just like i dropped it, He's like, I, dropped
2: it. <laughs> I love intros <laughs> Well,
1: no i but they have to make sense and this one I Like little just, creepy
2: droning riffs with like. Clips yeah, and this it. one
1: actually just yeah. like. It just didn't make. Like, I listened to it like over and over and over again, and it like was like really. It was actually just like. To me, it was off putting. But yeah. then, you know, he'll send it to somebody else, and they're like, oh, well, your mix is like. You know, because he mixes his own stuff. It's like mm-hmm. this. And then, like, you know, like I sent you some stuff. I'm like, what do you think about like the vocals in this or something, yeah. you know, or whatever. So, like, everybody's see, just like. There's a specific thing. It's great. I love it. That's
2: where I draw the line is I don't really want to mix or master my own music. I I will write it, I'll produce it, I'll I'll find tones, but I do not want to be the one mixing and mastering it. Really? So Yeah, I do I Well, first of all, that's that's a whole other skill set right there. Right now I'm a trap. I mean, I want to
1: be involved. I, I want to be involved in it where I'm like like cuz sometimes like, you know, the guy that's mixing it has you know certain set styles which we've talked about and yeah. where i'm kind of like you know i'm like oh well we're not going for that at all <laughs> like, well see you know some
2: engineers like that and some engineers don't care yeah like, the the two that i've primarily dealt with scott creekmore and now ian they were both like well here's what i'm going for and they just do it you know it's like okay that's perfect for me but they would also throw their own little personal stuff on it, you know, but some of it would work. Some of it wouldn't, you know, some ideas yeah. are good. Some ideas are not, you know, as, yeah. a, as an artist, I feel like I already kind of know, like, I I've heard the song so many times in my head. I know what it should sound like when it's done, <laughs> Yeah. you know, like with dark passenger, there's a lot of, Th- there's voices in it, and there's you know. I'd like to introduce the man, the myth, the legend. It's just like stuff that's fun. I wanted that to be a fun song. When it, by the time it was done, it is. And, it's a good sign, dude. And that actually, out of all the stuff I wrote, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of that one. That that one, I don't know. It just kind of it was it was kind of a mix of riffs. I had a a cam recorder with a bunch of riffs on it. I'm like, well, this one would fit there, and then we can do that. And then I threw it to the band, and Pete. Our drummer he's like, "Well, could we try this?" and it worked out perfect and, you know, it's kind of primarily him and I that that wrote the rest of that song cuz that that song had been sitting on the shelf for about 8 or 9 years. Ooh. And so and, and so it takes one and no one was kind of sitting on the shelf for a while too, and that's what I've been finding when I had since I had this studio is uh a lot of riffs that were kind of getting buried and, you know, I was like, "Well, let's try this one. What do you think of that?" And, you know let's make it fun let's, uh, with Dark Passenger we wanted to kind of go for like a kill them all middle feel just something simple thrash with cool solos over it you know <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely so.
1: so uh where so uh where can we find all of your stuff and like we also are, are big you know advocates of physical merch so like uh where can we find physical merch where can we find digital merch um, Well.
2: We have two albums on, uh, you can buy physical copies. I'm staring at a small record store, like right now, excuse me, uh, <laughs> in the corner of my basement here. There's boxes and boxes of CDs. <laughs> uh, so you do, do they out- contact
1: you directly on your Facebook page? Are you on Bandcamp? or
2: No, we, we do all of our own distribution through uh, BrayRoad.com. That's www.brayroad.com. Uh, there's a merch section there. We have uh, all types of T-shirt designs. All the T-shirts are made in house. They're all made on a, vi- a, a a print press here, so nice. you know all our merch is is pretty much uh, your
1: total DIY, and, eh? Yeah, so that's uh, kind of
2: that's kind of the goal. Is I don't want to depend on anybody else to do stuff that I know uh, can be done right within. So, so
1: you have um like CDs and vinyl, like and T-shirts and
2: we have a uh, our right now we have our. First album, Feast Upon the Helpless. I have CDs for that. I have Formation that I have CDs of that. I have um, the Formation import version from our record label in Belgium that has different artwork and everything. I have vinyls of that. Um, I'm I'm thinking about printing up our first demo. That had nine songs on it. Read, we're gonna redo a few songs of those. Do and, a cassette release it. on that, dude. Man. I'm telling, I'm telling you, if you do, if a, you do cassette. a cassette with oh, your, the, with the your vocals are horrible on it. I was oh, a terrible man. singer. I, I never wanted Whoa. to be a singer. Yeah. Here, here's how I, here's how I stepped in front of a mic, was, I was on Craigslist and all these, these, these maestros who swore up and down that they warmed up to Kill, Switch Engage and, and Lamb of God and they'd get into my basement and be like, it's like, dude, that's not <laughs> what we're looking for. Yeah. So my drummer was finally like, "Why don't you get up there and sing?" I'm like, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." And that's just kind of <laughs> how that happened. And, uh, All
3: right.
0: and I totally. And the
2: other thing that. is, is um, as far as members, I've had a lot of changeover. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit that, but. Uh, I've never let it stop me, and I've always been active as a band. I've actually had full bands quit on me and started as other bands' Ooh. names. It's weird. <laughs> that's,
1: that's fucking crazy. So, it took, it are took, you are you also are you also on um all like digital platforms? I know you're on Spotify because I found you there. So, like, yeah. are you like on Apple Music? Are you on Google Play? Yeah. Are you on any of those? I Amazon. Get back on
2: subject here. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah um, the, these two new singles are on Spotify now. They're on YouTube yeah. as well, but. I didn't put them on YouTube Our distribution distro kid put them on there on some general uh forum but we will be uploading okay. uh two lyric videos for both of those songs on our YouTube channel which is uh Bray Road Metal on YouTube. We have two um we have two like real music videos up there, one for 10-faced human waste and one for state of That's execution. That's a great video. I um, love
1: ten faced human waste. That's a good video, dude. Yeah, it was I love it that was, it was a, creature That was a cold one. Thing. That's a good one. <laughs> There's still still
2: snow on the ground while we're out there. That's just <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, And not like um, now, but it was a good. That's a that's a good video. Like this isn't a, snow.
2: This is I don't know what this is. This is not snow. This, this is this is dude, like this, a sign this is, from hell or something. This is like
1: fucking <laughs> suck ass, dude. And then like you know the, the the temperature shift and all that bullshit. But so so then you're like on on YouTube.
2: Yep, and then uh,
3: okay.
2: so if if you guys want to download the songs, they're on Spotify right now. But the thing is, is I was tr- I was trying to hopefully wait till those lyric videos came out to get traffic to our channel. But you know, and it never works like that. But um, <laughs> so it's
1: about the exposure, though. Like you're gonna make point zero 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 one cent on like every stream i don't Not really right.
3: care
2: about i don't really care I know, about that I know it's, a joke. it's all it's, it's all a right. joke yeah, i know it's it, a joke. It, well the whole industry's kind of a joke so you're right yeah. but yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah, I,
1: yeah, yeah so. trisha
0: our, our 30 our 37 episodes have netted us 26 cents so far we're really nice fucking...
1: dude that's actually more than my band's made and we have like way more like listeners yeah. so actually podcasts are the way to go because <laughs> <Totally. laughs> you're already making more money with less yeah. See that's kind of the the evil of the singles, shit.
2: is yeah. it, is you either. So what our plan is is we're gonna have all this stuff on streaming services, and then for a physical copy of these singles, we're gonna wait till we get about about eight, and then we're gonna master them all down for one release as like a single album. So, yeah. and that's why I want I would like to continue to do the singles because it keeps you kind of it keeps you involved They're and active. everyone. Can, Everyone can sound different, and that's the appeal to me. That One song doesn't have to sound like the other eight on a single album. You could have eight different-sounding songs that all sound in the style of your band and absolutely. bounce them down to one CD, you know? Yeah.
0: so Abs- Absolutely, man. And I tell you, if you do end up putting anything on a cons- cassette, I'll uh, at least commit to buying two album. copies. I'll, I'll, you'll sell two, definitely. Okay?
1: He's, got vi- he's got vinyl. You got, a, you got a fucking record player, dude.
0: Okay okay, okay. 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 <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. Again, my vinyl?
0: all
2: physical merchandise can be found at www.brayroad.com.
1: <laughs> and,
0: and I'm on. The, and 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 you also have coffee mugs because I'm on the site right now and you got some yep. Bray Road coffee mugs. Man, nice.
2: So. Yeah. yeah. We got coffee mugs. We got. I got about 90 tumblers over here. I, I throw a lot of extra stuff in. It's like that was an idea that uh, Rob had had when he was in the band. He said he put his own money in to do it, and we sold about two of them. So he's like, I don't even want anything <laughs> to do with those. <laughs> so now you're stuck with <laughs> the tumblers. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, Dude, now, buy the now, tumblers, buy now the we tumblers. use them.
2: We use them for everything around the house: ashtrays, <laughs> put, pour water in the in the we pour water in the Keurig with it. You know, we use them as ashtrays. Every, you get a Bray Road Tumblr. You get a Bray Road
1: Tumblr. <laughs> like we're just gonna throw them at the audience we,
2: we, we play we, fucking chess. <laughs> we, 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 lit- we, we literally could not give those things away. People would be like, "No, I'm good." Like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, like,
3: oh, all right. It, it like, seems like yeah. a solid. It seems
0: like a solid idea too for when you're sitting there thinking of coming up with some merch. It's like, yeah, everybody uses tumblers. They're all gonna want one. I think these are cool. They look great. So, some people are like, "What's a tumbler?" <laughs> cup
1: dude. It's, it's, it's a cup bro it's a cup
3: motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> it's a cup, bro. Yeah.
1: Well, why did we do this
0: uh, that's cool man so pick up some of Nino's tumblers and uh, even if you don't want one he'll probably send you any, one anyway if you order a CD or something <laughs> buy, one, buy one shirt get seven tumblers <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. <man>. So, <laughs> you know what I'll do is I'll, I'll tape a bunch of tumblers together with a shirt in the middle of it and ship it like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, uh, check out check out Bray Road on uh, their website brayroad.com. You can check them out on Spotify. I was listening. yeah, we're on all this
2: all the majors. yeah uh, at Spotify, iTunes, Apple music and mm-hmm. we use a distribution company that you know you pay a certain fee every year and it kind of sh- shoots you out into
0: the sonic That's beer. what we
1: do we use uh TuneCore Same
0: far. thing yep
1: have yeah. had people we come used, up to work like at and me like dude look
0: play. it's your band
3: you know
1: <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs> I know yeah. He
0: said, "You
2: get paid a lot of money for that." I'm like, "I didn't. No. I've never even seen a check. I don't know. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen a check from." And we've been on there for years. We so got four maybe. cents.
1: We got four cents 26. in our offer.
0: Twenty six. Twenty six. We got twenty six. No,
1: no. I mean, for my band, like. We oh, got, like, in
0: yours. Oh, wow. Well, You're sure like, I... I
1: think we had like eight thousand streams, and we got like four cents. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I, I saw. I think it was Trivium. They were. They were. This is a while ago, and. Yeah, Trivium or Opeth. They had One over a time.
1: million. They had over a million streams, and it was like they got twenty. And they had like two
2: dollars or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. how, dude, dude, Spotify jacks you, man. That's how it is. Like, dude, podcasts are way better. Like the fact that we but, got twenty six cents but is no, like we, no. we're making more the podcast than we are with my band. Trisha, <laughs> so we <got> way more <laughs> to fucking play.
0: That's that's totally crazy. But guess who just bought Anchor Spotify? So. We'll see if that $0.26 cents keeps rolling in.
1: <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. They're going to sure cut your fucking profits. I,
2: I'm pretty sure I messed up when I signed up for it. Cause I, or, or, or we just haven't had any because I didn't get a cent from them yet. Yeah. I paid quite a bit of money.
3: Yeah. It's, so. a,
2: it's like uh, Talladega Nights. He's like, if you don't listen to Bray Road, then fuck you or whatever. <laughs> <when he's>, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, oh,
0: man. So thank you for being on the podcast, man. Uh, Thanks for really, having me. That was go, fun.
2: It was a good time. Dude, Super good fun.
0: conversation. Talked about conspiracies <laughs> and fucking all kinds, cryptids, and all kinds of fun stuff. So that was fun. I've
2: seen. Uh, I've seen a lot of different walks of life, so I'm always willing to chat about them. So
0: hey, man, we appreciate you being <laughs> yeah, uh, forthcoming. Yeah, and
1: we are, and we're all very welcoming about having return guests for just like bullshit topics too that we do. Like, right? Maybe next
2: time. Maybe next time uh, I'll get I'll get the full the full band on here. Those guys are all good conversationalists too. Absolutely. kind of awesome. it, it just it just wasn't an optimal optimal situation yeah. tonight. So
1: yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. We'll, we can work that out at yeah. any at any time down the road. So yep. let's let's talk about that.
0: Absolutely. So thank you again, Nino, for joining us. And check out Bray Road everywhere they're at. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.